Hello and welcome to the Pivot Podcast. The Pivot Podcast. Where we go episode by episode and talk all about the show Friends, the 90s, and everything in between. I'm Natalie. And I'm Tiana. Now let's pivot. All right, we are officially ready to be back. It's a good thing I don't start these podcasts or you guys just get a lot of F-bombs and... That might, Shit. Be, that might be kind of fun, though. <laughs> welcome to Pivot, and here is all of our cursing. Yay. Anyways, welcome back, guys. Thank you for joining us again on the Pivot Podcast. Um, this is episode 15. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Um, the one with the stoned guy. Did you remember this episode? Last episode, we were like, what is the Candy Hearts about? But this episode, I was like ready for it. Once it started, I remembered it because I get this one confused with another one about uh, weed smoking. So this one, I was like, okay, no, mm-hmm. now I know which one it is. I was totally amped. Yeah. So let's start off with a smup date. Smup date. Our smut book updates. I mean, I've made some progress. Where are you at? I'm at page like 60 now. Oh, that's about where I am. Okay. But there's not much happening. I told Graham, I was like, I can't believe I've gotten this far into the book and there's still no sex. I will say I, I have the same experience. No sex has happened, There's, but there's so much setup and I feel yeah. like they do that on purpose. It's definitely like, um, it's definitely like a tease and lots of like, like I just go back to Bridgerton and like playing and just flirting so much foreplay. It's a really big, yes, it's so much foreplay and like a really big buildup. Yes, exactly. So um, anything like noteworthy? Literally no. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm kind of reading and I'm kind of like, okay, I get it. You guys are going to try, like, you guys like each other, but you're sworn enemies and let's get on with it. Yours is very Romeo and Juliet, yeah. Montague's Capulets, kind of forbidden love. Mm-hmm. Mine, I would say, is very Bridgerton meets Beauty and the Beast. Okay. So, Interesting. Yeah. very. He's a duke. It's all about he's got to have an heir and the, uh, an heir, not E-R-R-O-R. An heir. H-E-I-R. Uh and so it's just like, I'll just pick this seamstress. And mm. now they're within 60 pages. Within a couple of days, they're married. But he's not going to get close to her. He had some sort of accident and he got burned on like half of his body. Oh. So it's very Beauty and the Beast-esque in that yeah. fashion of like. Does he do Phantom of the Opera and cover it up? I don't really know. I and mean, they kind of <laughs> describe it a little bit. And he always like faces away from her. Interesting. But it's just so weird. It was like, he meets her. There's unicorn vomit. There's... <laughs> The, the, that's how he described the dress, mm-hmm. which I thought was funny. But then he tracks her down. They have this little tete-a-tete in the seamstress. Lots of tete-a-tetes. Yes. That's what I'm finding is like mine's very Bridgerton. Not to cut, like totally cut you off. No, you're good. <laughs> mine's very Bridgerton of like the next ball that's coming up and like, ooh, it's another opportunity to play cat and mouse in the ballroom and like tete-a-tete away. Yes, it's it's all very like opportunistic. Okay, when can we have kind of this little interlude and this mm-hmm. interface between us? It's it's all it, I don't know. So now they're married. They got married in his library, and now that they're married, he's like, "All you will be is my wife at night in the <laughs> bedroom, and I will not even turn on the like." It's just all very like business like, and then she goes, "But I want dinners." <laughs> like, I remember that from the synopsis on the cover. Like now she's okay. Like you agreed to marry this guy and you realize you're only, he's only using you, but 
then you demand interest. I don't know. It's just the stories are really, really funny. They're really, you funny. know, the writing's not bad, though. I mean, it's not great. It's not great, but it's just kind of like, I'm kind of like, okay, get to the point now. And like, can we advance a little bit more? Yes. They're really dragging it out. I'm really, I'm hoping by page 100, we have at least some sort of something. If it's not a sex scene, some sort of something physical happening. Yeah. Let's say over under a hundred pages. I'm going to say mine's probably, I'm going to give my writer some credit and say by a hundred pages, we will have done it once okay i i think i I, yeah could they get there i think they could get there over under 100 pages let's see where we're at okay so that's our smup date you guys keep listening (laughs) for all of that fun this episode back to friends the one with the stoned guy our writers are jeff greenstein and jeff strauss jeff we love our jeffs Mm -hmm. our director is alan meyerson Mm -hmm. alan alan and then our original air date is February 16th, wait, 1995. Was he, he, he's a director that we've had before, right? I think so. Because we did the Alan, and I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. We've had Alan before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you guys don't know what we're referencing, we're referencing like this old YouTube video of, what are they, meerkats? Are they, I think they are meerkats. And it's like somebody put a voice over them, and they're like, Alan, Alan. Alan. like, no, no, that's Steve. 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 <laughs> so it's just something stupid. But if you guys want to go look at that, we'll post it on our Instagram if we can find it. It's old. It is old. It's definitely a throwback, which that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah. So we'll post it on there for you guys. All right, let's get into the episode recap because I really like this episode. Me too. So we open up and they the, all of the friends are kind of intertwined, but let's talk about Chandler. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this episode and it's really the episode. It's like the career episode. Yes. I had the same thought. Right. And I definitely didn't think about that when I was ri- originally watching that. Cause I, let's face it, didn't really have a career. No, who cares? <laughs> so in looking at this, I'm like, Oh, I remember this phase. I remember this phase and just progressing through your career. Mm-hmm. So Chandler, we open up, he's in his cubicle. Yes. Good old cubicle. And he gets called into his boss's office where he's offered a promotion to processing supervisor. Mm-hmm. Who knows what that is? Whatever that is. Supervisor. Definitely a step up above. Yes. So he then quits because it's supposed to be a temp job. And if he took that promotion, it would be like admitting that that's actually what he does. Yeah. So, okay. If he's mid twenties, he's been there for five, five years, he says. Yeah. So just got it out of college. Right out of college. That's like what he did right out of college to make money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That lines up. That lands. But he's but he's been stuck there. Yes. And he's he's like, I don't want to be one of those guys that sits in his office at 12 o'clock at night worrying about the weenus. Oh, my God. I quote this all the time. This, this episode has so many noteworthy lines mm-hmm. or just little things that you go back to. But yeah. yeah. The weenus. The weekly, weekly estimated net usage systems. <laughs> wonder if it's a real thing. Isn't your weenus on the bottom of your elbow? Of your elbow. It's the skin. What a weird name. I know. The weenus. Why do you think that's called a weenus? I don't know. I have so many questions about the word weenus. I know. Weekly estimated net usage systems. Love it. But uh, so the next day, Chandler visits a career counselor to try to figure out what he wants to do with his life because he doesn't have a dream. <laughs> the lesser known, I don't have a dream speech. Have you ever visited a career counselor? I haven't. I've done some of those uh, like aptitude tests mm-hmm. online though before. Are those still a thing anymore? Career counselors? I mean, I think now they're just like life coaches. Like everybody's a fucking life coach. Everyone is a life coach. Seriously. So when my husband got, he got laid off a few years ago 
from his job. And when he got laid off, he got like, you know, severance or whatever. And part of it was that he got a career coach. Oh, she was not helpful. Oh, (laughs) well, there we go. Not impressed. But there's people out there, I think, that are helpful, especially if you're looking Mm -hmm. to like completely change it up. There's like headhunters and all that. Yeah. Jazz. But. Who knows? But yeah, I would say it's actually become more life coaching. It's really just like everyone's got a life coach on speed dial now. Oh man, where's mine? I need to get one then. (sighs) Same. So back at Rachel and Monica's, Chandler has gone to the career coach. He's taken eight and a half hours of aptitude tests and personality tests. Jeez. That sounds brutal. That's a lot of tests. That's a lot of tests. No wonder he looks disheveled. Right? That's too many tests. So he learns that he's ideally suited for a career in data processing for a large multinational corporation, (laughs) which is what he already did at his old job. Oh, Chandler. And it's, he's so disappointed because he pictured himself doing something really cool. Monica offers him an amuse-bouche to cheer him up. It is amusing. It is amusing. I use that a lot. Yes. Oh, it is amusing. I think we quoted that in our last episode, too, where we're like, yes. oh, it is amusing. I didn't know it was coming so fast. Me neither. But here but we are. I, you can feel the disappointment. Like, you go... you, And I think, like... You can only put so much stock in those aptitude tests. Like it really is going to come from within of like, well, what do I actually want to do? And it takes time. Oh, yeah. And, you know, what you might be suited for at 22 is so different than what you might be suited for at 42. And mm-hmm. what's funny is he does end up changing jobs later in the series. Yes. Like, so this is funny that we're seeing him kind of try to leave way ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Chandler wanted out. It reminds me, have you ever heard the book, Who Moved My Cheese? Yes. My dad read that, I think. I I read it. Graham read it. I read it. Like, it's been passed around our family, our close family circle. And I mean, it's essentially this of just like Chandler needed to move his cheese and your cheese is like, it could be whatever. It could be a relationship. It could be a job, just like something that's stale. Ooh. And and it eats away at you until you like move it. But moving it is like the big scary like step. The big scary thing. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a risk. Yeah. But Chandler needs to do it, but apparently not because, well. Well, after a few, yeah, after, spoiler alert, after a few days, his boss calls him and uh, tries to play hardball and tries to get Chandler to come back. And after a few like offers, he's like, you've got the wrong guy. He finally concedes. I'll, I'll see, see you, you Monday. Monday like stop saying numbers at me i know you've got the wrong guy and then i love it that we see him in a nice new office he's got an assistant helen yes did you notice that this is a matthew perry lisa kudrow scene only yeah when they're in their office and she's like this isn't a cubicle this is a cube yeah so but yeah it's really funny it's a big fancy office now and chandler's moving on up in data processing helen could you come here for a moment (laughs) (laughs) last time i do that i promise well, and it's just funny because, like, he's obviously got the maturity of a peanut, but, like, has gotten the promotion. And, you know, like, there's there's definitely something to be said in the corporate world of just people, mostly men, that have just been promoted. And then they reach a point of that corporate ladder and you're like, you are way too inadequate to be in this spot. Right. You know? Somehow they have made it there. Somehow they've made it there. And you're like, what? I don't know. One of my favorite stickers I have. I'll have to show it to you. But it says, may you have the confidence of a mediocre white man. There you go. <laughs> and here we are. Sorry, Chandler. Put that on a shirt. Yes. I just want to put all the good things on shirt. Okay. Let's move on to Monica, Phoebe, and Rachel. 
this is where the title of the episode comes from. Yep. Phoebe comes in um, to the coffee shop and she's got a new client, Steve, who's opening up his own restaurant and needs a head chef. Yes. She approaches Chandler about it at first, which I'm just like, Phoebe, can you not? <laughs> can you just not be Phoebe right now? Can you now? just not? But after Chandler's like, thanks, but I don't think I just, that's not me. I don't see myself in a big white hat. <laughs> Monica's like, hello. And so, of course, Monica gets gets the meeting. She meets with Steve. She lands a cooking audition, which I didn't know was a thing, but apparently. Okay. And then she asks Phoebe to be there to help make yummy noises. <laughs> And it's cute because Monica, Monica thinks that this is her big break, right? Like your young 20s, you've been hustling for a while, especially as a chef. I can only imagine Oh, finally the only, my chance to get like um, my own restaurant. Yeah. Brutal, right? This wasn't like the years of all the cooking shows and the mm -hmm. top chefs and um, Hell's Kitchens and stuff, you know. It was the grind for poor Monica. Yeah. So Monica practices some of her recipes on Joey, like a salmon mousse, because of course, <laughs> salmon mousse doesn't sound good. No, don't get me wrong. I love salmon. But when he describes it as whipped fish, I was like, oh, that does sound nasty. Gross. Yeah. So during that, during that practice session, they're at the apartment and Rachel overhears a phone call between Monica and one of the waitresses at work, Wendy. Mm -hmm. And um, it turns out Monica had asked her to help waitress during that audition. Uh-oh. When I always thought I was like, do you really need a waitress for this? Phoebe's there. I feel like it was just a way for them to, I don't know. To build in Rachel to the storyline a little yeah. bit. Because otherwise she really didn't have like a plot. She really doesn't do much in this episode at all. Yeah. But it is a little bit of overkill to have a waitress there. But it's also like she's trying to impress this guy. She wants to be the head chef. So I get it. Yeah. Maybe she just wants to be busy chefing. Chefing. Impressing. Chefing. Yeah. So, of course, Rachel takes offense that Monica didn't ask her first. And Monica responds by like, well, I need a professional waitress. Ooh, how low blow to Rachel. And I thought it was really creative by the, not creative, but smart of the writers and the showrunners. Of course, the episode opens with Rachel, like putting, giving Monica her cider with switching out the cinnamon stick for her pencil. Yeah, so it, it emphasizes it even more of like, Rachel, we have some issues. I think they try to like, well, well, of course, Monica would maybe not go to Rachel for the first try because Rachel put a cinnamon stick in her hair and a pencil in Monica's cup. Exactly. I get it. I, I think that that was smart, too. Yeah. So the night of the audition comes and Wendy bails. Uh oh. Um, and Monica tries to coax Rachel into waitressing for her. And after trying to guilt trip her, just like. Jesus. She's yeah. like, I put a roof over your head. She offers her $20 an hour. Which, okay, this day and age, like $20 an hour is like not anything, right? But inflation, like what would that be like compared to like now, like 40 bucks well, an hour? Maybe not that much. Maybe, maybe like 30. But 20 an hour, I think is really good. Like if you think about waitressing, actually, mm -hmm. they're making minimum wage. Yeah. But like back in the 90s. I don't know. I mean, $20 would be a lot, right? Yeah. It, it. I mean, I think $20 is a lot. Yeah. Which is why it gets Rachel. Oh, yeah. There oh. you go. So Phoebe and Steve get to Monica and Rachel's. And Phoebe tells Rachel that behind his back that Steve blazed up a doobie in the cab and he's totally high. Oh, God. Not what you want to hear? No, no. And all he's like, why is he doing that? 
my gosh. The, this whole scene, just one of my favorites. Yeah. Let's let's set this up, right? Mm-hmm. So let's go into the scene and then we just have to run through some of the quotes because they're so good. So many. So they take a quick tour of the apartment. Monica, off- Monica offers Steve the first course. He just inhales it immediately, mm-hmm. stabbing at the food. He then wanders around the kitchen looking for snacks as Rachel tries to tell Monica that he's high. At first, Monica doesn't believe her, but then after he's like discovers taco shells, <laughs> he she gets it. He tries to eat sugar rolls, then make macaroni and cheese, and then has a horrible battle with Monica over gummy bears. And finally, Monica is pissed that she announces dinner is over. Oh, God. It's so painful for Monica, but God, it's funny. Oh, my God. This is probably one of the funniest things scenes of the season. So, And I think the actor, what the heck is his name? John Lovitz. John Lovitz. He, he really makes this scene. He's Okay, so first, Rachel and Phoebe... Rachel to Phoebe, okay, I'm with you, Cheech. Because Phoebe's oh. like, he plays up a doobie. I get you, Cheech. Yeah. Great reference. And then, is it dry in here? <laughs> and he's like smacking his lips. Yeah. Oh, my God. Been there. Been there, Steve. <laughs> this one, I use this one a lot. Well, smack my ass and, and call, call me Judy. Judy. Oh, my God. Such a great line. I can't even. That's one of my favorites of the series. He's like, referencing Monica's food. It's so good. So good. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm so glad you like him. And he's like, like him? I could eat a hundred of them. <laughs> like, there's just too many, like, too many scenes. And then she's like, well, our next course is a tartlet. <laughs> this is tartlets. 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 <laughs> like, it, it goes, word has lost all meaning. <laughs> he is so funny. And then just, ooh, taco shells. <gasps> She's like, corn envelopes. I know. It's so funny. And then last, bears overboard. <laughs> I mean, you. I, if you guys have not seen this, you guys really should. This is frigging hilarious. Yes. It is, this is a great episode. Yeah. I love it. I could watch that scene over and over. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Monica is super disappointed because she thought that was going to be her big break. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's interesting. I was thinking about that. She's disappointed because she's like, that was going to be my big break. And then it's like, that back, it's a callback to when Joey was in the Al Pacino movie. He played Al Pacino's butt. Yes. He thought that was his big break and it didn't go his way. Um, and it's just interesting. It's like these opportunities will come up and you might think that it's it, but it's not. And so you just have to keep on going. And that's really speaking to what your 20s are about. Totally. That's your growth moments, man. Mm-hmm. I love, I love that callback. Yeah. It is funny though, because like, Chandler, despite his best efforts, gets promoted and gets that quote big break. It's granted it's a corporate big break that at a job he doesn't want. Sure. But he's just handed this big break and Monica's like struggling through having to deal with this dumbass guy that's high. Poor Monica. I know. She'll make it though. Yeah. Even in her big white hat. Her big white hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's so interesting. It's the career struggle is is real. Oh, it's real and it's deep, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to Ross and Joey. Okay. So Ross has a date with a new woman from work, Celia the Bug Lady. Oh my gosh. Do you remember the uh, way that Rachel says like, no, 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 I love, love you, Ross. Ross. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. No, no, I love you, Ross. She's the curator of insects. Yes. Celia, which is a very interesting job. Yeah. It, does that exist, do you think? I imagine somebody's got to curate those insects. 
Somebody has to do it. It's a job. Somebody has to do it. <laughs> um, so he decides to take Celia to dinner and then back to his place and introduce him to his her to his monkey. Woo-woo. An actual monkey. Yes. Spoiler alert. The meeting doesn't go well. And Marcel ends up clinging to Celia's braid as she like easy like he's loudly like. Ee. Yeah, that interaction was weird. Like, yeah, I, I think it was more forced on her end because it's not like actual like the monkey's not actually really attacking her. Obviously the monkey's acting, but it, it seems weird to me. Like the interaction just I really don't, know. don't you think like, I don't know. It's like her words don't really match up. I, Get this thing off me. Yeah. It's got its claws in me. It's like the way she says it is just funky. To Natalie, me. if a monkey was hanging off of your hair, I really think you probably would be the same way. <laughs> I'd be whipping around way more than she is, but I don't know. Like, You'd like fling it off, like get off. Like, I don't know. That's why like David Schwimmer wasn't a big fan because like the monkey and the claws and they're like crawling on you. Like I would not like it. Oh, I've got the heebie-jeebies Exactly. Now. You think Gross. about the little monkey claw? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't go very well. But um, on their next date, things start to heat up and uh, they're back at Ross's place. And who knew? C- Celia, the bug lady. Asks him to talk dirty to her. She's got a little dirty side. Maybe she reads smut books. Super freak. Yeah. So Ross is awkward and has no idea how to dirty talk, which I'm not surprised by. Are oh, you? not at all. Like, I, I couldn't imagine him being a natural dirty talker. Absolutely not. Ross, ca- <laughs> Ross cannot even grab a spoon. He definitely can't dirty talk. Absolutely not. No. So she's like continuing to encourage him and be like, say it, spit it out. Like, and he just says vulva oh god cringe worthy (laughs) ross what are you doing and it resulted in them cuddling yes it threw off the mood cuddling yeah it's like no it's it talking talking dirty is like i don't know it depends on the situation i think so i don't know i with some with a brand new person too, that seems really forthcoming, don't you think? Right, like you're really just kind of getting comfortable with them, and you want to talk about like <laughs> uh-huh. verbalize your dirty secrets. And oh god, no! Mm-mm. I know it just seems like I don't know. Maybe let's get to know each other first before you want to go yeah. down that path. Yeah, no kidding. But hey, Celia is a super freak. She is. So the next day, Ross confides in Joey about his inability to sexy talk, and of course. Joey knows how to sexy talk because that it's Joey. Yeah. This so he, is his expertise. It, yeah, exactly. So Joey helps him and tries to teach him. And Ross is like really clammy about it. And I just love this line. If you can't talk dirty to me, how are you going to talk dirty to her? Now tell me you want to caress my butt. <laughs> Great line. I just love Joey's confidence in that moment. Like he's so secure with himself. And he also is just like wanting to help out Ross because this is an area that he is an expert in. Yep. I would agree with that. Yeah. Tell me you want to caress my butt. So funny. So they do start to role play, but Ross is like face away from me. I can't look at you while I'm practicing. So Ross starts talking and eventually Chandler just walks in behind them. Here's the dirty talk practicing and he sits down at the desk to savor the moment. They don't realize he's there. Until he bumps into the chair and makes like a sound. <laughs> so awesome. If I were Chandler, I would totally do the same thing and just let it go on. And oh, then yeah. I'm not interrupting that. No. It's hilarious. I, just, I was always rooting for you two kids to get together. 
Great line. It's just, this is, I think, one of those scenes where, like, the pause that they had to take for, like, the audience to laugh through had to have been a really long time, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I guarantee you they were rolling with laughter because mm-hmm. I would be if I, especially if I saw this in person. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Like, this is so funny. Oh, I wish, I wish, th- this is the episode I wish I saw in person. Oh, yeah. You know? This would be a great one. This would be so funny. So after he's been practicing, Ross has another date and Joey checks in with him to see if he was able to dirty talk. Ross reveals he was unbelievable. Of course, kind of that like false Ross confidence again. Yep. He says he was the James Mishner of dirty talk. There were characters, plot lines, themes, motif, and at one point, villagers. I I like that line too. At one point, villagers. (laughs) Did you ever see the movie the village oh i love that movie, m night Shyamalan. yes <laughs> probably one of the only good m night Shyamalan movies besides six cents i would agree with that actually <laughs> he doesn't make good movies it's hit or miss and i think that after you see a couple of them you're like okay I've d- i'm done with the m night Shyamalan plot twists it's more misses than hits yeah oh signs i like signs oh signs wasn't bad i forget how signs ends oh spoiler alert uh <laughs> they kill the aliens there and are aliens, right? There are aliens, and they find out that they actually are killed by water. That's right. And so all the glasses helped her, the yep. family. It's contaminated. That's right. And th- is that where they made the helmet, the foil hats? <laughs> yes. And so they-, they can't read our minds. Yeah. That one was good. That it one was good. was good. That was pre-Mel Gibson having <sighs> a conniption. Literally was thinking the same thing of like, oof, Mel Gibson, woof. Yeah, not good. But, you know, hey, it's Hollywood, and he's still working again, so Ugh. Hollywood has a very short memory. Unfortunately. <laughs> so, where were we? Oh, yeah, the James Mishner of Dirty Talk, Ross. <laughs> so, Joey's like, huh, was there a, uh-huh, did you, did you do it? And Ross is like, well, by the f- time we finished, it was so late, and we just cuddled. How much Dirty Talk are you doing? I mean, at this point, he's just telling a story. <laughs> like, like a bedtime story. Literally, like, I... I don't know that I would want to hear that dirty talk, but I'm so curious now. Like you were talking so long yeah. that you both were like, meh, I'm tired. Also, like I'm going to steal a line from Miranda from Sex in the City, but Ooh. sex is not a time to chat. Yes. Okay. Because that, <laughs> that's also like a little crossover here because there's a point where Miranda dates somebody who... He like, wants a, to baby talk, right? Oh yeah. That's really gross, right? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I've that episode creeps me out but she's like i don't do that like i talk all day long because yeah, she's yeah. an attorney and i'm like okay yeah girl i get i get on board with that one but yeah like ross can't even close the deal at least miranda's closing the deal sex is not a time to chat like nope. it's just <laughs> i don't know <laughs> if you're busy talking then you're obviously not busy doing other stuff this is true your attention should be elsewhere as we can see in our books they just keep talking Nothing's happening. (laughs) Maybe Um, Ross is reading some smut. Maybe. (laughs) We know Rachel is. No kidding. Okay, let's take a break because we've got some background and research and we'll get into right next. This episode is brought to you by the Stitch Sisters. Ever wanted to find the perfect handmade crochet gift? The Stitch Sisters have you covered. Check out their store where they create crochet goods to order. They create beanies and headbands as well as fun knickknacks for every occasion. You can find them on Etsy at the Stitch Sisters store or follow them on Instagram at Stitch Sisters store. (laughs) 
And we are back to the one with the stoned guy. Stoned guy. Yeah. So much background research on this one. So Monica comes in and says, I love my life. I love my life. And Phoebe says, Brian's song. I had no idea what that reference was. No idea either. So T did some great digging on this one. So Brian's song is a 1971 ABC movie of the week. And yeah. like for us growing up, you know how we had like that Disney Sunday night movie of the week or whatever. Yeah. Well, a lot of times like E back when E was actually like doing things, the E channel, the E network, they were, they would have like, I feel like like Friday night movies, like how to lose a guy in 10 days or yes, those fun rom-coms. Yes. So this is kind of that, like the ABC movie of the week where you'd sit down and you watch with family. So <laughs> this one though, is kind of sad. It's a uh, recount. No kidding. <laughs> by the way, <clears throat> it recounts the life of Brian Piccolo played, play, paid, Oh my God. Words are hard today. Played by James Kane. Um, it's a Chicago, Chicago Bears football player stricken with terminal cancer after turning pro in 1965. Mm-hmm. Told through his friendship with teammate Gail Sayers, played by Billy D. Williams. I, when I was Googling, I was like, well, what, what's the I love my life portion from that Phoebe is referencing? Still can't figure it out. I, yeah, this is a deep cut reference. So I have no idea. If you guys know, will you email us at don't take my wind at gmail.com? Cause I don't know. Well, also it's like, it's from 1971. Like what is she referencing? Like what could possibly be referenced in this? I know this movie. is, this is kind of weird, but funny little note here, Billy D Williams. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm rewatching modern family right now. Oh, good one. So good. Um, Billy D Williams is a, not a he plays himself in it but he makes an appearance in it who does what does he look like Uh, billy d williams mm -hmm. oh 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 my god natalie oh no we've committed a sin (gasps) have we committed a sin (laughs) what did we do unless i'm like looking the wrong way but he's freaking lando calrissian from star wars Oh my God. We've committed a sin. We have committed the <gasps> ultimate sin. Holy shit. The he most is. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. He's Lando Calrissian. And in Brian's song. And I think, I think the guy's name in Brian's song is James Khan. Is it Khan? Not can. Did Kane. I say can? I think he said Kane. Oh, he said Kane. Yeah. Yeah. He's in. Okay. Back to Billy D. Williams. Who is a very fine man, by the way. He's mm. 80, 85 years old now. Oh, my gosh. He has a great mustache. Oh, his. Oh, my God. His full name is William December. Wait, is that right? William December Williams Jr. Jeez and rice, man. What a name. December for a middle name? That's kind of cool. That's really cool. I like that. And I that. mean, you're Lando Calrissian. He's got, he's got all the confidence and swag possible oh my god okay i apologize that we did that billy d oh my god my bad yeah. he was in so much but wow dang okay well there's that that's a deep cut right there you guys and we're back and we're back <laughs> um so earlier we had talked about james michener yeah <laughs> like who also didn't know the reference who's james michener had no idea either. Uh, James Albert Michener was an American writer. He wrote more than 40 books, most of which were long fictional family sagas covering the lives of many generations, in particular geographic locales 
and incorporating detailed history. That makes sense now of mm-hmm. Ross's reference. I feel like I don't need to read a James Mishner book to know what they read. They like are about right like totally like so james michener when he's referring to it is like basically it's the dirty talk has turned into a james michener novel like it, it's it got to be something that's like boring yes otherwise it wouldn't have just led to only cuddling yeah no okay no. so my two favorite ones okay i'm gonna save my favorite for the last one okay. but did you recognize the actress who plays celia no Oh, I'm so excited then. Okay. Uh, it is Melora Hardin and she plays Jan on The Office. Oh my God, Jan. It's the red hair in this episode. She had red hair in this episode, right? Yes, which I think is may- maybe closer to her natural color. Maybe she dyed it, but yeah, it's it's Jan Levinson Gould. Oh my God, she is. Yeah. She She's a beautiful lady. I will say she has aged she's been in a very lot. well. Oh yeah, she's been in so much. Like she's still working, but it's really funny that here we have like another person that kind of their career really took off. Yeah. I don't know if it was really because of friends. I think she was actually working quite a bit. She w- did a lot of guest spots though. So two of our favorite shows, CSI and CSI Miami, yes. she also had guest spots in. She's she's done so much. I mean, she was in she's in the office 17 again. Love that. She's in the hot chick. Do you remember the hot chick? Oh my gosh. It's me, <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> she's in Hannah Montana. Yep. Wow. So Miss Melora Hardin. Oh, I didn't even make that connection. She does look quite different, but she, she must have been really young when she filmed Friends because she looks very different. Yeah. Well, not very different, but like yeah, different enough to like not make the connection right away. So have fun. Our last bit of background uh, research. This is my favorite one. So we talked about John Lovitz, mm-hmm. who plays Steve. Oh my gosh, Jonathan Michael Lovitz is an American comedian and actor from Tarzana, who is known for voicing Jay Sherman from The Critic and for being a Saturday Night Live cast member in the '90s. He's acted in a lot of a- Adam Sandler films, so I think he's quite good friends. And just to clarify, I just Googled it. Tarzana is in LA. It's not like sorry. that was me laughing. That <laughs> sound like a toot, sorry. It's not a toot. No, Tarzana is a suburban neighborhood in LA. Wow, that's very specific. I mean, I was like, is this like Tasmania? Like I thought it was Tarzan at first. I'm like, no, that's Tarzana. No, that's all right. Well, he's an L.A. native. He's from L.A. He's not very exotic. No. He's trying to make it seem exotic, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been in The Wedding Singer, Little Nicky, Hotel Transylvania, Grown Ups 2, A Crazy. I mean, the, his portfolio, we could go on and on. Um, but he actually improvised several of Steve's lines, which I can totally see. Yes. Especially because of his, uh, just his comedy career. But this is so funny. What a weird like connection, the universe, right? So I'm talking to my mom this morning. We're talking about this other podcast and it's uh, David Spade and, oh gosh, she's going to kill me. It's David Spade and Dana Carvey, I think. Ooh, I like those So they're talking about being on Saturday Night Live back Mm -hmm. in the day and being a part of the Groundlings. And that's the group of people, the comedy crew who kind of started Saturday Night Live. Oh, I was like, what's the groundlings? Yeah, so then this is the connection here, is John Lovitz was actually good friends with Lisa Kudrow's brother growing up. And 
with his encouragement, basically got her comedy career started and got her into the Groundlings. Oh, no way. So Small World Connection, Universe was listening and somehow knew we'd be talking about that today. And apparently... That's so crazy. Yeah. So he has a huge part in Lisa Kudrow's just acting career, right? Or just comedy. Yeah. What a small world connection too, to be like so connected through childhood mm-hmm. and then both to grow up and then really mm-hmm. get into the comedy scene. So yeah. I can see a lot of his influence in her comedy too. Okay. If you had to, if you had to pick one of his Adam Sandler films just listed here, Wedding Singer, Little Nicky. Hotel Transylvania, Grown Ups 2, Eight Crazy Nights. Wedding singer, hands down. Really? Yeah, because he's the weird other wedding singer and he's so freaking <laughs> funny. I think I'm going to go Hotel Transylvania. <gasps> Ooh, it's that's so a good funny. one. Oh my God. He plays Quasimodo in that. Does he? Yeah. I actually have never seen that one. <gasps> so good. Okay. I'll It'll just that. make your, in your inner 10 year old just like so happy. It's so cute. Okay. It's on the list. It's so funny. Love it. So yeah. Some really fun background research this time. There's a lot of like little tidbits. And it's not the last time we see John Lovett, so we will see him again. Yes, we shall. Quite a few seasons. Mm -hmm. So we've got some bloopers and blunders. So just some continuity errors. One of the biggest ones that is actually going to come back throughout this whole series Mm -hmm. is Joanne Chandler's bathroom configuration. Mm -hmm. So in our episode, the one with the boobies, you see Monica and Rachel both go in there into the bathroom in Joey and Chandler's apartment. And it's like you walk in and you walk directly into the shower. It's like, yeah, the shower is like facing the door, facing like the you door. look into the doorway. Um, yes. However, the whole scene where Ross is attempting to dirty talk with Joey and we see Chandler kind of come out, you get a peek into the bathroom mm-hmm. and it's, facing a wall that has a sink on it yeah so it's completely changed. It's a very short wall too like you can tell it's like just like a short wall yeah i think and i've been percolating on this a little bit but i do think that maybe this episode was recorded earlier than maybe the last few that's what i was gonna say too is this had to be done out of alignment mm-hmm. because there's no way that they would have made that is a huge continuity error well and like if you look at rachel's hair like from last episode to this episode last episode it was the full rachel and much more short and cute and shaggy this episode was like those episodes leading up to it like it's longer and there's no way her hair would have grown that long in a week so mm-hmm. i'm like i think that they just missed this and it's this episode was actually recorded earlier. I would agree with you. And I was thinking that about her hair too, but I think a lot of the episode, her hair is mostly up. Mm-hmm. So you don't notice it very much except for the couple of little tidbits that she actually has yeah. it down. So I would agree with you. Um, so when Phoebe goes to tell Rachel about Steve blazing up a doobie, her purse is on her right arm. When she says that Steve blazed up a doobie, her purse is now on her left arm and again switches back to the right. So Little continuity air, jumping back and forth. The purse jumper. Purse jump. Um, when Steve is rapidly eating the first course, Monica serves, he eats everything on the plate, even the red piece of fruit in the middle. When she puts the plate down and the angle changes, the fruit's back on the plate. So again, it's the food. The yeah. food is always the culprit. The had to have been also just part of his like improvise, improvisation. Oh yeah, had to have been. Like he just eats absolutely everything, even the garnish. Yeah. Totally love that. But I mean, I was thinking and like, 
I am shocked that there are no hard bloopers for this episode. Absolutely shocked. I think I would have had a hard time getting through a lot of this. I mean, it's so funny. So especially with John Lovitz, how do you not crack? That's what I was thinking. Like when he and Monica are doing the like gummy bear fight and like trying to make mac and cheese. Like I just don't know how Courtney Cox held a straight face. I don't either. But I think it goes back to what Matthew Perry said in his memoir. Like they just really wanted this to work. I know. But oh my God. It's so funny. Like you could tell I think Chandler was very close to cracking when he saw Ross and Joey. And he's like waiting to say the word with. Yes. (laughs) But he didn't. Yeah. He he pulls it together. But yeah, it's one of those where you can kind of see the little crack a little bit. But he brings it back in. Mm-hmm. So, all right. On to our fashion watch. Which we're going to start with a little apron watch. Mm. Rachel's got a cute white apron with flowers and a red waistband. So cute. New new apron every week. Mm-hmm. Um, we already talked about this. This is the work episode. This is the career episode. Um, there's lots of suit jackets like Chandler's tweed and then Monica's cute suit jacket and skirt. Yes. And then even like Celia's vest and Rachel's white button up in black dress. Like they're just, it's just the career mode. Totally. Even at the end, I think Rachel's even got like a blazer with the white shirt kind of like yeah. tied. Um, what's funny is that has really like kind of come back, but what mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot now I would say is like the oversized suit jacket, but you wear it over your shoulders and then you don't put your arms through. So it's almost like a cape. Oh yeah. So I love to do that. It's huge right now. I love that look. Yeah. So I love an oversized like button up. I feel like it's super chic. The oversized blazer that you just put over your shoulders. Don't put your arms through. Mm-hmm. And then like the the flowy pants, right? Like not too tight work pants. Like yes, the more just boxy masculine look. Yeah, love that. Yeah. So it's back. Next up, Rachel's black maxi dress with it's like a slate long sleeve under. It just looks so cute. So cute. You she, don't really see that much anymore. No, she had a couple of dresses that have been like, they're so classic and I'm more surprised that they're not coming back into style. Yeah. So, but yeah, just looks so good on her. Jen Anderson's just a babe. Mm-hmm. And then you got Joey's turtlenecks. My God. You have to throw them in here. I, I didn't realize how many turtlenecks he wears. I feel like we need to go back and count now how mm-hmm. many tur- different turtlenecks they put this man in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it he looks good. Like, he just looks good in a turtleneck. It's just his thing. Yeah. I don't know. Joey needs turtlenecks. The but man looks good. All okay. right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. We're getting into our friend and our frenemy. Who gets our mug and who is taking our wind? Mm-hmm. T, let's start with your mug. My mug is going to Joey. Aww. I'm going to switch it up this week. Mug's going to Joey. Dang it. That's mine too. Because <laughs> he teaches Ross how to dirty talk. Yeah. Like seriously, like you said earlier, he's so secure mm-hmm. to be able to help his friend. I'm just like, oh, that is really nice, even though, yeah, it is to objectify women, whatever. But she's <laughs> she is consenting. We're big on consent here, so it's okay. But yeah, it's just it's just sweet. Again, he's coming in with the heartfelt help. Tell me you want to caress my butt. <laughs> it's so never gonna get old. No, he's he's the best. He is. Um, okay, who is your friend of me? okay, I struggled. I'm not going to lie. I went back and forth. And so I actually am landing on Phoebe. Oh, no shit. I know. I'm because, okay, Rachel annoyed me because she's just like, well, what about me? Me, 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 me. Um, 
So oh. kind, of, kind of annoyed me a little bit there, although I get her plight. Shady lady. I know. But then Phoebe's just kind of like, oh, yeah, Monica, I thought of you. And just that like, was very irritating. Ugh. Okay. No. I, so I couldn't handle it. So, yeah, Phoebe, I feel bad. Like, she's usually my girl. Yeah. I, I was thinking about Phoebe, too, because of that just annoying moment in the beginning. And, like, she introduced Steve, who didn't turn out to be a good guy. No. It was a bad opportunity. Like, she didn't really set Monica up for success. At least she got him back, though, with that painful massage. Yes. I decided to switch it up, and I actually, uh, my frenemy is Monica. <gasps> no. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Oh, my gosh. The people that we most connect with, we are giving, taking our wind. Well, and I remember even back through the first watch, like, I think I was always like, Monica, that was a shitty move when she didn't ask Rachel to be the waitress. And I actually think Rachel was really valid in being upset personally. This is true. I mean, if, if you, I would, I was just thinking like, if that was me and my friend was a waitress, I think it would be so rude. Yeah. And then to like insult her and then try to guilt trip her. Like I put a roof over your head and if that doesn't mean anything to you, like get that, out of here. That was a little far. I agree with that one. And I just think like, she made the wrong move and had to backtrack. And like, I do think Rachel was really valid in yeah. being upset. Yeah. And she fucked up. Ronica fucked up. Yeah, she did. Yeah. I think that's why I couldn't quite give it to Rachel for taking my wind because it just like, you, I see her point. Yeah. Like, I still think she's a little whiny for me, but like, I see her point. Mm-hmm. So that's, I had to give it to Phoebe. But she's convic- she, She's got convictions. She does. You know what? You go, Rachel. You're you're growing. Also, what is what is Phoebe thinking? Like <laughs> offering that job to Chandler, but he's the one who needed the job. T. <laughs> yeah, he's also very unqualified. You never know. I guess you never know. You could make a career <laughs> change to doing chefing, right? You never know. But I will say, with that said, this episode for our Joey Sander trading for me. 4.5. Ooh. Yeah, this one's up there. Are, wait, are you actually doing a 4.5? Hard 4.5. Oh my God. Yes. You're totally breaking the rules. I know. I love a bendy rule. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, this this one's, that's that's my highest rating so far. Yeah. So I will say like this, this is definitely like, oh, it, it, that whole scene with John Lovitz, the, it's just so good. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I'm going to give it a five. Oh. <gasps> I've given two. I I feel like we're in a really good stretch of this season. Yeah. Um. And this this episode has just too many good one liners. The whole like Ross Joey, the whole Stone guy with like it's just it's really really good and I love it and I think it's funny and I also think it's like big growing points for like one for Chandler for like just you know doing what a lot of people would do. All right, I'm just gonna take the money and go do a job, right? And then Monica, that's like waiting for that big break. And it's not there yet. And yep. it's just like, you got to keep moving on and you got to stay positive and you got to be confident. So, yep. This is all part of the growth is keep moving forward. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. I'm surprised you're giving out two fives. I just really like these episodes. Bears overboard. <laughs> Bears overboard. I mean, there's so many good one-liners. I can't. I can't. Oh, this is a great one. Any final thoughts as we wrapped up the one with the stoned guy? Oh, Nothing. I'm I'm digging it though. I will say like just being around just someone that's like randomly stoned and you're like trying to get something accomplished could not be more annoying. I have not had that happen in a very long time, <laughs> but I can imagine my 
patience level nowadays would be like would be so much shorter. Yeah. So yeah, I I probably wouldn't put up with it. No, I would be, I would be very much like Monica, like dinner is over. Yep. Get out of my house. Give me the gummy. I always just have issues being like the only like sober, clear headed one, like clear channels in a group of like whoever's doing what. Yeah. It's not fun. No. It's like watching everybody else be really sloppy and then have these conversations that go in circles and circles and you're just like, what's the point of this again? Might as well partake at that point. Yeah. And then, no, not really worth it. Boring. Yes. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, you guys. Um, Go ahead and please rate, review, and subscribe. You can always just follow us so you get automatic updates every Wednesday when we drop an episode. Um... Go ahead and follow us along on Instagram as well. I was like, what was our Instagram? The Pivot Pod. What are we going to, we were going to post something on our Instagram. Oh yeah. It was going to be the Allen. Oh yes. Uh, we will post that on our Instagram so you guys can go check it out. Hopefully we're able to find dig, it, dig deep and find that old YouTube when YouTube was a bunch of weird videos. I know. Right. Oh, shout out to my cousin, Melissa. She also listens. Her name, her husband's name is Alan. <gasps> and when we first met him, we always we all did the Alan. <laughs> He's the nicest guy ever. Oh, so, Alan. He took it in stride. Thanks for listening, Alan. Well, I don't know if Alan listens, but no. his, his wife does, Melissa. Well, now she'll make him listen to this since we gave him a shout out. Alan. Okay, you guys, as always, you can email us at don'ttakemywind at gmail.com. We will be back next week with a new episode. Bye. Bye.